This is the audio diary of the 12th month of year 2021. It's early in the morning, which normally is my time to um, start work. It's 7.15 a.m. I should have, I got up there around 6 a.m. and I usually start work by 6.30. Um, but if you can't tell by my voice, I'm feeling quite under the weather. It's perhaps the beginning of a cold, which would be quite devastating during COVID. Um, yeah, <laughs> these are not good symptoms to have and I can't really leave the house and do anything um, if I do continue to have symptoms. So I woke up this morning, I mean, all past few days, I've been a bit tired, but it's kind of that um, time of the month. Uh, for my hormones to kick in, um, uh, for PMS to have really started. So I just kind of thought, you know what, maybe that's what it is. Um, but then I woke up with, I think, more real symptoms, um, like a s chills, uh, even when I was objectively pretty warm and um, sore throat and yeah, all these things. So, I mean, it's still early in the morning, so we'll see if this is just going to be um early morning type of stuff and i'll get better or if it will continue we'll see but chances are i'll probably spend all of today inside the house and avoid contact with people and i am living alone today um so that's good so i thought i'd take this chance to <clears throat> um actually take a shift off of work which means half day or a four hour block of time off of work so that's what i did um Yet I feel a little bit restless because I'm so used to kind of doing stuff in the morning. Um, and so I thought I might instead give you a little bit, do it a bit of an audio diary and give you an audio home tour, if I may. Um, I'm not sure if I'll be able to cover every single room in the house, but I'll give you a little bit of a living situation of what it's like um, to be living where I am. So. I right now live in this um, city called Pangyo, um, and Pangyo is like the Silicon Valley of Korea. It is a planned city that was really launched like um, 10 or so years ago. It's obviously been in the works for like 20 and then they actually built it and then it, it was really launched 10 years ago. So it's a really new city um, using some of like the latest uh, and most progressive urban planning tactics of the time, I'm sure, since there's been even new new uh, learnings and tactics, but um, Pangyo, and because of that, it's supposed to be a very eco-friendly city, it's supposed to be a very human-friendly city, um, and it has a lot of thinking behind the choices that it's made. Um, yeah, and in the 10 years since, uh, one of the big things about Pangyo was that this was, they have a region called the Techno Valley, which kind of a riff on Silicon Valley is like the technological center. Um, and as you might know, South Korea itself, the country, is an extremely high tech um, country with just leading everything about information technology, but also just general technology. Uh, is a massive, massive industry here. Uh, and the headquarters of a lot of those companies are all in this area called Techno Valley in this new city of Pangyo. Um, and the government really tried to push this so that the headquarters would move outside of this 
like the center of Seoul. Pangyo is a sub, semi-suburban city that's outside of Seoul. It's close to, adjacent to, but it's not in Seoul. Um, and because of that, uh, Pangyo became this like really, you know, <laughs> yeah, really, really big, big deal. Uh, I don't actually live very close to the headquarters areas. Um, it's probably 10, 15 minutes by car. I live in the residential area of Pangyo. Um, uh, yeah, like 10, 15 minutes by car away from the Techno Valley and kind of like the really commercial and industrial center. Um, and so, as you can kind of imagine, this became a very affluent, it, it became very synonymous with like new, nouveau riche of Korea, like really young, rich people. Um, not, none of that really has anything to do with my family. It's just that uh, before Pangyo as this, this planned city was um, starting, uh, we lived very close to it before all this development. Um, and so by, you know, nature of kind of agency of the incumbent people living there, we got the benefit, our family got the benefit of being able to basically apply for new housing before anybody else. Um, you know, like, like, you know, they were basically rede redeveloping our town. And so the people who were already living there got first dibs. Uh, and so that's why my family ended up being able to afford a house uh, in this really, you know, highly anticipated city. Um, and so because we got first dibs before, before even like the offer of new housing went out to the market, we got it at a pretty affordable, the most affordable price you could have gotten it at. And then since, uh, and, and they, so they bought it like 15 years ago um, and they had like five years to pay the deposit and kind of wait for it to get built. And then 10 years or like 12 years ago, they moved into the city, like in the very early days when the city was really getting, was still in construction. <clears throat> Um, and in the 12 years, you know, after, um, Pangyu has become this like really, 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 you know, affluent, expensive city. Um, and we've managed to like family, my family has benefited a lot from kind of the, the good fortune of that. Um, so yeah, yeah, obviously the real estate market um, in the very beginning was a reasonable price. And then as this city became an extremely in-demand place to live, uh, partially because of this eco-friendly, human-friendly urban planning and like people enjoy living here and also because of like its commercial importance and all the people who work in these major headquarters of these tech companies want to live in the residential areas of, that are close to where they work. So you can imagine <clears throat> it becoming a really popular place to live. Okay, my voice is croaking. I'm going to take a sip of my tea. Oh, I really hope this doesn't turn out to be a full-blown cold or COVID, you know, God bless. Mm. Anyway, that was a little bit about the town or the city that I live in. Um, so, I, yeah, it's, it's a great city and I'm very thankful for the opportunity to be able to live here. I actually have never lived in Pangyo, um, even though I have lived in Korea for a few years here and there, because the time I've lived in Korea was like in middle school and like early childhood um so like preschool days and so we we like my uh, my parents did not have a house in the city I, I don't this city didn't even exist when i was in korea so it's really my first time living in Pangyo. and 
Like I said, because we live in a super suburban residential area, Pangyo itself is a pretty, um, it's suburban, but it's actually in some ways quite urban city with its, with its own urban center near the headquarters. Um, but the area I live in, the neighborhood I live in is very residential and very suburban. So, and, and if you know anything about Korea, what it looks like, it's a lot of high rises, but, um, as with all kind of recently planned cities in Korea, when you think of high rises, it's quite bleak and gray, but it's actually not. Um, the planned cities here all have a lot of nature. There's a creek running through the entire thing. There's this whole like park area. Um, so it's very big on greenery. So even though it is high rises, there's quite a lot of space between it. Um, so they're they really control the density of the town. Uh, and so even though they are high rises that are usually, you know, 30 plus stories high, <clears throat> they really control the density. They have a lot of playgrounds. They have a lot of parks. They have a lot of greenery on the ground. They try to keep as much of the natural hills and natural waterways as possible. Um, and so it, it looks quite green, actually. Um, every, every door and window from my house, uh, from this house, if you look out, there's always like a hill or a mountain and quite a lot of trees um, as soon as you look outside the window. Uh, so I think that kind of image of really bleak, like East Asian cities or just Asian cities um, is not what this city looks like, even though I live in a high rise. So um, I live kind of like, on, I live on the 11th floor of a high rise. So not that tall, um, but still definitely tall enough to kind of look down on hills, on gardens, on the ground and um, a fair distance from the floor, um, from the ground floor. And if you come into this um, house, uh, they, this house right now has four rooms. Uh, four rooms. Uh, one I am using as my room. Um, there's two bathrooms and there is one room that used to be my sister's room, but it technically still is, but she doesn't live with um, us and the family. I have one room, which used to be kind of like the library slash guest bedroom, which I've turned into my office. Um, and then we have the master bedroom, which is my parents' um, space. And there, within the master bedroom, there is a walk-in closet and a very small kind of terrace area, um, which we mostly use for um, drying clothes. So if you know anything about Koreans, like culturally, they don't use like the um, electronic dryer, uh, like the machine dryer. Uh, Korea is a pretty dry country. Uh, so there's, there's rainfall, but it's not like a desert, but um, rainfall is really concentrated in specific months of the year, pretty much all around the other parts of the year, there's not a lot of rainfall. Um, and it's the opposite of humid, just in general. Yeah, even on a sunny day, it could be humid, but it's not. So things just dry really well if you just dry clothes on a rack. So everybody kind of uses, culturally is used to using a drying rack rather than putting it in a dryer and, you know, wrecking your clothes or wearing out your clothes faster. So that's the general layout of the house. Um, there is a bathroom that you immediately kind of see as you come into the through the um, front door. And so that's the um, bathroom that I use. And of course, kind of like it's like the general guest bed bathroom. And there is another bathroom inside the mess master bedroom 
connected to the walk-in closet, which is the one that my parents would use on a day-to-day basis. And this is kind of like the outside share bathroom for everybody, including guests. Um, <clears throat> my bedroom is kind of separated from every other area of the house by the living room, if that makes sense. Like my bath, my bedroom is right next to the living room. So that means there's this big gap between all the other three rooms. Um, and the living room is connected to the kind of open space kitchen. So because my parents went through this big renovation on this house, um, they've obviously been living in this house for about 12 years and they wanted a bit of a change and they're also thinking of putting this house back on the market so um, it's quite worth it for them to renovate because it would increase the value of the house and obviously this piece of real estate like i said explained about a little bit about their kind of situation with the fortune with the real estate um, this is the biggest by far the most valuable asset they have um, and so they yeah they wanted to renovate it while they could <clears throat> because they're thinking of putting it back on the market in a couple of years and just kind of do it while you have the time. Um, and so that's what they did. They renovated the entire house. Uh, and so it's quite nice and quite clean. The kind of style that my parents, specifically my dad, really likes is modern, um, clean, and yeah, I would argue like he doesn't have the... Um, He's a baby boomer, uh, but he doesn't really have the taste of a baby boomer or what we traditionally associate with a baby boomer. He has quite, a, I would say, a very young and modern style, not like hipster or anything like that. But um, he really likes clean, modern looking things. <clears throat> and so I managed to, you know, be able to live in a house that was decorated quite beautifully, at least if, according to my aesthetics, I'm very thankful. Um, Everywhere else, uh, there's been a lot of cool toned colors. So light grays, um, a bit of navy blue. Uh, the flooring is with pretty much all Korean houses. They always love wooden paneling. The Koreans hate carpets. Like again, culturally, that's not a thing that they had. Um, so it's not preferred even now. <clears throat> and so, and also, as you might know, you know, Koreans, again, culturally, we take off our shoes when we get into the house. So instead of carpets, it's kind of nice to, um, carpets which obviously can get, trap a lot of dust. It's much nicer to be on wooden floors where you can easily sweep dust every single day or every other day, and it will always be clean. And another cultural thing is that we almost always have floor heating. That's traditional too, well, whether that be wooden floors or taking off your shoes, um, floor heating, those are all things we've had for hundreds, if not more than a millennia old Korean tradition. Um, so we have heated floors, hence why you obviously wanna walk with bare feet or at least feet with your socks on and you wanna walk on the floor because it's quite pleasant to do so. <clears throat> and you would also naturally clean the floors more often um, than, for example, carpeted floor where, yeah, again, it would trap a lot of dust and you can't always, the benefit of the carpet is that you can't always see the dust. Um, while as with the wooden floors, you can absolutely see your dust all the time. Um, and specifically here, there's really, we, they use really dark mahogany floors. So any piece of dust, like gray, usually dust is gray. Um, so it's pretty easy to see, uh, which I think benefit, 
leads into that kind of cycle or image of East Asians being very clean. If you kind of have this image of a Japanese house, um, I, I know, I think um, people outside the world don't always have the image of what a Korean house looks like, but of a Japanese house, there's a stereotype um, that it's like super clean, super organized. Um, South Koreans tend to be like that too. And I think that also stems from the fact that um, they're really used to cleaning the floor very, very often because you can see all the dust and you're going to walk on it bare feet. So you're probably cleaning all the time. Um, yeah. And so a little bit about the house to speak more in detail about my specific room. Um, my room is right in front of the front door. Um, and when you come in, there's this light gray door. Again, very simple. And the general decor, um, I specifically during renovation picked it out to be um, kind of beigey color. Um, I'm trying to think of if there's a name for this color. The best thing I can come up with is beige. So I generally went for a quite muted but warmer browner tones. Um, and I wanted to be very bright. Uh, so the entire wall of my room, one entire wall on the left side, is just closets. And they're all white paneled um, closets that have, but it's not open closets, so there's doors on every single, the entire wall is just a door of closet doors. Um, <clears throat> and there's like shelves and hangers once you open the doors. I obviously don't need that much storage space. Um, but before I came here, this room was used mostly as one half storage and the other half it was used as a piano room because my mom is a pianist by training and a piano instructor for many many years of her life and so this was really her playing piano like in a music room and half storage so because of that this room has a lot of storage and that also means that I don't have a lot of space for my own things in the room which is great because I'm a minimalist I didn't have a lot of things but that you know most of the storage space in this room is used to store everybody else's stuff. Um, so I have like little sections that are mine. <laughs> um, and then on the left, um, I have this, uh, again, kind of beigey light sand color <clears throat> um, set of chest drawers, uh, three doors. Um, I use this as like the dumping ground when you come into the room and you have like it's the winter, so you have gloves and you have your wallet and my glasses. I just kind of dump it on the on top of uh, on this tray on top of the chest of drawers, um, and the top drawer has all the things that I might need when I go out, whether it be like a gift certificate um, because I want to use it up uh, the next time I need to go buy something, uh, my driver's license, uh, my a hair tie, hand sanitizer, a little. Um, a kind of packable shopping bag that I will take with me so that I don't have to get um, uh, like a reusable stuff that I would take with me so that I don't have to get more trash. Um, and then there is this bed, which is a double-sized bed. In Korea, they call it a super single, but it's a double-sized bed in North America. Um, I don't actually have like a bed, what do you call it? The bed frame. Um, I just have like a platform that I put it on and I like that. I like the simplicity of that. Um, the mattress cover is white, but I ended up getting this like mint or uh, say light sage green blanket cover. Um, and the reason I, I got this was because um, 
there's basically my parents have a lot of things. Uh, my sister also has a lot of things. I, you know, living with non-minimalists who have lived in um, one place for 12 years, they accumulate things. Uh, they and I wanted to reuse as much of what they have as possible. Um, some of it is crappy stuff, like low quality stuff they bought like 20 years ago, um, but they never threw it out. And when they moved here 12 years ago, they brought it out with them. And now it's just sitting in a closet and gathering dust. There's a lot of those small knickknacks and not just knickknacks, but big things like blankets as well. Um, obviously, the design of a lot of these blankets are really old because they're outdated, you know. Um, and or they might show some wear over the years. And so even though they still work, it, they look faded or they have a whole couple of holes here and there or, you know, they're fraying at the sides, but that doesn't mean they're not warm and they're not usable. Um, but you obviously don't want, don't like to show that. It's not nice to look at that every day. And so um, the first kind of instincts of my parents were to say, hey, you know, we've used this for a really long time. We'll just throw it out and get a new one or not even throw it out, just get a new one. <laughs> and I'm thinking, come on, come on, there, we, we can do better than that. And so what I ended up doing was I got this nice blanket cover that I really enjoy the kind of color and design of, and it's also easier to wash than an entire blanket. Um, yeah, I got this nice blanket cover and put in the, like just tied in one of the highest quality duvets I could find and of their of my parents collection um and i just created like what looks like a brand new blanket for myself and i will wash the blanket covers and i attached a little kind of like button hooks so i can button in the inside of the um kind of blanket slash duvet into the duvet cover um so that it does like the blanket doesn't move inside the duvet cover um, I have a little potted, well, not really little, a pretty big potted plant that comes almost up to my chest, maybe more towards my waist, so it is pretty tall. Um, and this is just fr from my mom's collection. Um, and I have a pretty big laundry hamper. Um, I just seem to create a million and one pieces of laundry. I think that's also happens because um, I cleaned my... Um, textiles very often, uh, partially just because just just for hygiene, really, um, and also because I use a lot of reusable things. They tend to be fabric, right? Um, there's a lot of fabric things that are reusable uh, versus uh, trying to use single-use plastic. And so, all that is to say, um, I do my laundry quite a lot, um, and so I have a bunch of laundry hampers. Um, actually, the house that my parents live in most of the week uh, for work uh, does not have an ensuite, ensuite um, washing machine. And so they do their laundry in this house when they come once a week. So I end up doing laundry for the entire family. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons why I have a massive laundry hamper. Um, and I have a tiny little thing that sort of serves as a bedside table-ish thing. Um, I don't even know what to call it. I think it's like a wooden stool, technically. Um, it's <laughs> it's at least 20 years old because I remember it from when I was a child and my mom has painted it white since. And it's one of those things where 
it really doesn't work very well. Like it's creaky. Like it, it it's not very stable as a stool. So if you put anything on it, it's a bit, yeah, it's creaky and it kind of moves from side to side. Um, but it works for now, and I'll probably will replace it with a real bedside table. Um, but you know, most of my room right now is white with light sand or light sand beige, and so I kept that. Um, the best part of the room is this really like so if if you think of like four sides of the room, um, if it's like a rectangle with two long sides, one of the long sides is this entire wall of closet, um, and the side um, of the two short sides, one side is the door and the other side is an entire wall of glass. Um, and it is covered by this really, really lovely kind of like muted beige um, curtain that I love. And behind it, there's this white um, translucent uh, kind of tool, uh, tool curtain behind it. Does that make sense? You have a thick blackout curtain that is the color of sand beige over it, and behind it, there's this tool curtain. And the sand beige has kind of tiny glitter um, embedded into it. So even though it is a very plain beige curtain, um, whenever the curtain kind of flickers or if you move around, you can see these tiny um, pieces of almost like starlight <laughs> on the curtain. And I really love how that looks. Um, and what you can do is I usually um, tie up the blackout sand beige curtains and I just leave the white tool lace to cover the windows uh, so that I get a bit of privacy but plenty of sun. And it feels very bright because um, the windows are white. Does that make sense? <laughs> and, well, it's translucent. And outside um, of my window, I have half my view blocked by a wall of the high-rise um, because of the way the angles are like it's not a rectangle 90 degrees 90 degrees 90 degrees rectangle it's got like protruding edges and stuff um, so I actually have one half of my view blocked by one of the walls of the high-rises but at least there's no window so I'm not looking into somebody's house um, and across from it I have um, the kind of like the little pathway um, that's meant for like Cycling, a cycling path, and if you jog, like it can run, and it's meant for exercise. And behind it, there is actually a golf course, um, and there's trees covering the golf course from covering the view of the golf course from where I live. So it really just does kind of look like a, a hill <laughs> from my point of view because I just see this whole area with a lot of trees. Um, and so it's a pretty good view. I'm thankful. I mean, for living in a city, this is probably the best view I could have imagined, like a little cycling path. And then behind it, there's a bunch of hill trees on a hill. And yeah, I, I think the kind of what I described is not obviously not, um, the experience of every single Korean high rise, but it's probably you know, my experience is pretty representative of all the newly planned cities in Korea, um, which, of course, I uh, like I've said before, this is really due to good fortune. Um, or if you're rich, you can probably afford to live in these newly planned cities. <laughs> but but um, we, for, with, for my family, this is really just a circumstance of fortune. And I'm really grateful that I get to live here. Uh, and I am going to take the best care of this house that I can. 
Um, my parents obviously struggle with decluttering. Um, and I'm slowly but surely kind of helping them figure out uh, and kind of set up this house to make sense. Does that make sense? I'm putting like, whether it be, you know, <laughs> um, putting like little hooks everywhere uh, that you would want to hang things so that things are not just lying on the floor, for example. Um, you know, these small things like that. Um, putting phone chargers where you would, where it's comfortable for you to um, charge your phone. You know, I'm like, okay, you know what? This is how we're gonna organize our tea. This is how we're gonna organize our masks so that it's easy to grab and go. Um, this is how we're gonna organize like all the kind of junky electron like electronics whether it be like your vacuum or like this sandwich grill or whatever <laughs> just figuring out what is actually essential and what is not um, i'm also going through all of their photo albums and organizing them into yeah organizing them because their photos from all the all the decades are just all over the place and so just kind of archiving them properly in different photo albums things like that so just slowly decluttering and that's really my goal by the end of the year um, that this house will feel quite organized and minimized and that my parents won't have to struggle. Um, I would really also like to change and influence. Well, yeah, change, obviously you can't change somebody's habits, but I would really love to influence a little bit of my, um, you know, my mom and my sister's kind of philosophy to how they shop and how they spend their money, how they accumulate material things, um, and see if there's kind of a compromise we can come to. Because, and I say this also because my mom and my sister have said to me that they probably think my minimalist lifestyle is a bit too much for them, um, but still they really feel suffocated by all their things physical things um, and they would like to live more lightly on the earth. My sister in, in particular, she has a really big passion about environmental sustainability, um, but I think there's this disconnect that she feels and she struggles with with her own consumption habits and her kind of desires or ethics <laughs> around environmental sustainability. It's almost like there's a bit of a disconnect there. She wants to figure it out and she wants to have, she wants to match that, but it's not as easily done as it is said. So it's more easily, it's easier to say than it is to do. <laughs> um, so I will hopefully be able to kind of influence them and support them on that journey. Um, and hopefully by the end of the year when I leave this, leave Korea, or, or I don't know if it's end of the year, but like end of my time in Korea, I will have positively influenced um, how my family lives and how my family kind of chooses to spend their time, their money, their precious space because they have this house and this house is, like I said, one of their really valued assets and they really love this house. Um, so I'd love for them to take the best care of it and not just fill it with clutter. Um, I think the biggest challenge there will be to, for example, do whatever I'm going to do with these ridiculous closets and how much, just how much stuff there is in, the, uh, uh, in these closets. They have so many things that they don't wear, um, so many things that they don't use, but it's really hard to get hard for them to get rid of for sentimental reasons or for guilt or whatever. Um, 
but the benefit, one of those benefits is that I got a lot of hand-me-downs. Um, and so my closet's really been filled. <laughs> uh, I, I feel very happy and uh, thankful for all the things I got in my own kind of wardrobe because of all the hand-me-downs. Um, and I think actually that might be the next topic of this audio diary. This was a long one, so thank you and talk to you soon.